0: I'm an entrepreneur with a mission to share unique business experiences, tips of the trade, and entrepreneurial advice through fun and easygoing conversations with pros and peers. I'm Cassie, and I'm your host. Let's grab drinks after work every Thursday as we banter and brainstorm. With a shot of business and a splash of pleasure, this is the Mastermind Mixer. Before we dive into today's episode, I want to quickly share one of my go-to tools that I absolutely love and use in my own business, Kayleen Solutions, and that's Dubsado. Dubsado is a powerful all-in-one CRM, a client relationship management platform that helps streamline your business processes from client onboarding to invoicing and everything in between. As a listener of the mastermind mixer podcast, I have a special offer for you. You can use code Cassie lane to get 20% off your first month or year of Dubsado. Trust me. It's a game changer for staying organized and making your business run smoothly to get started. Just head over to dipsado.com, That's D U B S A D O.com and use code Cassie lane, K A S S I E L A Y N E at checkout. Give it a try and watch your business thrive. Welcome to another episode of the Mastermind Mixer. Today, I'm excited to share my conversation with Kim, co-founder of the Good Grief app. This episode holds such a special place in my heart as it was the very first episode that I ever recorded back in the fall of 2022. I am thrilled beyond belief to finally share our conversation with you all. The paired drink for this episode is an old-fashioned, a timeless classic cocktail that brings warmth, depth, and a touch of sweetness, perfectly complementing our conversation today. As we dive into Kim's inspiring journey from working in education to creating a groundbreaking platform for people experiencing grief and loss, we also discover how small businesses can be born during some of life's toughest struggles. Spoiler alert, she and her co-founder Robin have never even met in real life before. So, Please be aware that while the conversation is light, we do touch on some heavy topics related to grief and loss, which might be sensitive for some listeners. Please sit back, enjoy your old fashion, and join us as we explore the incredible power of friendship, connection, and support during challenging times. Cheers. Uh, Hi, Kim. I'm so happy that you're here. Um, I would love it if you took a moment to introduce yourself and um, tell us a little bit about um, your app.
1: Sure. My name is Kim Libertini. And by day, I am a teacher or administrate school district administrator. And uh, by my side business, I am the co-founder of Good Grief app, who I co-founded it with uh, Robin Boyd back in 2017. And Good Grief app is the very first social network for loss. Um, And it's really designed to help people to connect to others that are traveling down the grief path.
0: Oh, wow. Um, How does one go from administrative and school systems to a good grief app?
1: This is definitely not, was not my wheelhouse before I embarked (laughs) on this journey. I can tell you that good grief came from two individuals that were suffering different types of losses. Um, I had lost both my parents and um, then suffered from a devastating loss of my life partner. And Robin, my co-founder, had her marriage had dissolved, so she lost her marriage and was in the midst of divorce. And her mom had been diagnosed of stage four metastatic breast cancer we had been introduced by a mutual friend of my partner that passed away. And he came to us and said, Look, I am unable to support Robin. I don't know what it's like to have an ill parent and I've never been married. I think that you would be an excellent support for her because you have been divorced and your children were about the same age um, when you went through that process and your mom was very, very ill and you lost her. And so we connected through text Oh my gosh. Um, it was just a text introduction. And for a year we supported one another through some of the darkest moments that anyone can, you know,
0: go through. I imagine so. Yeah. So, and okay, so we so need later. Yeah, so we we're gonna say, like, how did we of transition from, you know, the support system to, like, hey, we should start an app?
1: <laughs> yeah, so I think we learned that there is so much value to being able to connect to someone that doesn't know you in your everyday life. There are no expectations that this person has. We didn't know each other prior to uh, suffering from deep grief. And so, therefore, we were able to just hold those moments for one another and offer words of support without judgment and we did this for a whole year never having met behind a screen and we said you know we're on to something right that this worked for us and we have this that was built backwards, right? We had all of the very difficult conversations and then we backed up to the surface level conversations. What's the name of your children? And, you know, where do they go, <laughs> yeah. what, what ages are they? And where do they go to school? Like all those things came after,
0: which is a friendship backwards. That's so That's so interesting. Did you find that when you were going in that backwards stage, that it was easier or more difficult um, to have like a... Like that, you know, the first stage as you're like getting to know each other, like what they like, what they don't, did you guys just know each other deep enough already that that came easier or were there challenges with that?
1: I think there are always challenges whenever you go into business with someone. And what was interesting for us was that we didn't, we weren't familiar with each other's skill set before we decided to go embark on
0: this journey. Oh, interesting. Interesting.
1: And as it unraveled, we complement one another like in just a fantastic way. So it's seamless where her skills, you know, drift off, mine pick up. And, and we've been able to work through the challenges of starting, you know, an app in the world of tech that is so aggressive these days.
0: Right. And um, so you have... Some experience with tech—that's kind of your wheelhouse with work, correct? Is Robin in the same boat? Does she have experience um, in this in this area?
1: So, my tech experience is in the world where I work is, is not related to app development. So, this was new for me. Um, my tech experience is I'm a technology education is, is really okay. where I go. So, 3D printing and um, CAD software and um, hands-on mechanical engineering. Those are things that fall in my yeah, world I see, at I work. Um, so, yeah. I'm, you know, I'm a STEM educator. In Robin's world, she, by day, she is a writer. Um, She writes for um, environmental journalism. Uh, she, yeah, so her experience is definitely in research, which was a strong suit to us as we were lifting off of the ground. She did all of that work and, you know, and was able to reach out and find contacts and, you know, and help get the word out. Her communication skills are unparalleled and, you know, her, her flair for writing and, you know, pitching what it is our goals were, were outstanding. And I could not have done this part of,
0: that with without her. So I'm so that's, grateful. That's really cool. So um this you said 2017 or 2018? So this
1: we started. our our concept developed in 2017. We launched in 2018. So it's almost concept. unheard of to go from concept to launch in one year.
0: Right. Yeah. And how has that been, you know, with COVID and with all of these things, you know, we've heard a lot about people um kind of getting in touch with themselves because of quarantines and things like that. Did you see that impact your app? Um, or we
1: did, I, for sure. Yeah, um, I think, you know, the world of, of grief was um, turned upside down through COVID just in, in, in so many different ways. I think the first way that you have is that there were these enormous amounts of people that were suffering from grief due to COVID itself. And then you have these people that were losing individuals or, you know, and through various other diseases and unable to have any types of closure because there were no funeral services or there were, you know, no memorials. And um, and that that part of grieving where we all get together and we share stories and we honor the person that we've lost and the meaning that they had in our lives was, was um, halted. And I think that people suffered tremendously without the ability to have those moments. And as a result, we saw our servers increase, you know, so the usage on our servers were increased and, you know, the overall signups for the app were increased as you as mental health providers also saw a large increase because everyone was shifting to this type of communication that we're having right now, right, that we're on a screen and we're able to chat and, and have this uh, conversation. And as that um, bloomed, we also saw an influx of individuals that were getting inside the app to try and find some type of
0: support. Yeah, that, that makes sense. Um, so from 2018, uh, how has your tactics, how are you still pushing the app, you know, active users, what does that look like for you? Like what growth have you seen between, um, inception to now?
1: So, uh, early on we hired a PR, uh, firm to help us with the growth because, um, an initial launch, you have to really out, you know, reach outside um, to get people to know what it is, the platform that you're offering and to encourage uh, users, right? Because it's only going to be successful the more users there are inside the app, the more comfortable that people feel. And because our app is really designed to match individuals that are suffering from the same type of loss or the same age bracket or share certain common characteristics, it made sense that the larger our pool was inside of the app and the number of users that we had, the better the matches were going to be. And so we definitely found that that reaching out to someone to do some public relations with us and to help spread the word really worked for us. And as a a result, we saw large increases early on in our usage and downloads. As we move forward, then we we really relied a lot on um, social media. So we have, you know, Facebook Echo Grief app. We have Twitter Echo Grief app, and you know, and and we post to Instagram, and both using stories as well as um, as through just the regular posts on Instagram. So um, I found that those paired with the large media uh, coverage that we got um, certainly helped us to gain some traction in this world. Oh,
0: nice. Um So. I'm just so curious. Obviously, um, as I was looking more into you, people I don't think would generally look at grief and or should look at grief as an as an industry. Um, but you're kind of in this grief industry, and I I wonder what it's like for you as someone who has gone through some hardships. How is it being in an industry that like, feels heavy to me? You know, from someone from the outside, like is that does that affect you? Um, or is it? Does it help you get through it? Does it tell me a little bit more about what it's like? Um, for example, I read an article uh, where you are integrated with funeral homes and things like that. So I just wonder, as someone who's completely on the outside, what does that feel like for you um, to own a business in that market?
1: <laughs> so for, for me, it's personal because. When I was in the early stages, the acute stages of grief, I didn't feel very supported. And I was attending bereavement groups and there weren't matches for me. I was sitting in these groups with people that were 75 and had lost their partner. And I was 40 and I had two kids. And so while I had so much compassion for the loss and the gravity of what they were suffering, I felt still yet disconnected and unable to find the right support to help me to navigate the path and to recognize that some of the things that I was feeling and the emotions that I was going through were normal. So... Being in this field, I feel like I am able to reach out to people and to support them and to give them that ability to connect to someone that gets it and to help them to not feel like they're alone.
0: So you know, it's so, that's so important. Yeah, it's rewarding and personal for you. That makes that makes total sense. Um, and I do think I, I would just like to say it, it takes a special person to be able to to feel that and be compassionate in those moments um, and also respecting your own space um, for the grieving process as well. So I think it's very admirable. Um, I, I have to know, have you and Robin met? So
1: we have not. Still. So, <laughs> still haven't met. so I think that's one of the amazing pieces of our story, right? That we yeah. we were strangers sure. before this, this text introduction, that although pieces of our lives Are connected due to my partner, we never have physically been in the same room as one another. We've created this app and built this business through technology, the power of technology itself. Um, You know, if we didn't have Google Drive and. and the ability to FaceTime and, you know, have these online meetings, I think that it would have been more of a struggle for us to, to launch and get off the ground. Um, we really relied on that, but I think it's an amazing piece of our story that not only were we supporting one another through grief, we have done this without ever having met. Yeah,
0: what a testament to the fact that like, jobs can be virtual and businesses can grow like <laughs> digitally. Um, so I have did you see uh has anything changed with everybody like work from home and stay at home? Have have you all changed your processes because there's more available or have were was it for you just like, oh, we've been doing this forever? Like what's everybody been waiting on? <laughs>
1: There was no shifts with regards to us. I think that we had this. We had a. We had it was it was seamless transition when the world felt like they were upside down. We were like, oh, this is this is what we've been doing for all this time. How we've been nice. our business,
0: so that's really definitely nice. beneficial. You're like, oh, this is easy peasy. Like we've been doing this forever. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> um, so how how's the response been, and how? Um, what like what are you What are you hearing from your users and things like that about the app and in the structure of it?
1: Sure. So I and you know I'll point this out to anyone that's getting off the ground in the world of apps. I think you constantly have to be evaluating uh, the service that you provide. I think you have to be listening to your users and be very flexible in uh, the design and what's happening. And so um, for us, initially, we were a pay per use. Um, where we were charging people for it was four ninety nine a month. Uh, and we had the expectation that they would then stay members because they were going to find these connections, and that was going to help them. And I think what we learned was the pay-per-use model wasn't going to work for us, that people would just make connections and then get off the app and then continue those connections in other um, areas. That, you know, um, And then we realized that really where our source of revenue and support for this you know, platform was going to come was going to be through um, pop-up advertising. And so that's really the shift that we made. So we went uh, from pay-per-use to absolutely free-for-all users. we also learned a little bit about some criteria that needed to be put in place to protect the users inside our app. And so we listened a lot to um, our users and we saw some infiltration of individuals that were trying to get on, not for all the same reasons that you would hope. Um, and so as a result, through the feedback that we received from users, we tightened our security and made it a little bit more stringent to get into the app. You still can't, you know, screen for intention, unfortunately. Sure. Um, but I do think that we've seen an enormous positive response from our users that they feel safe, um, and that this is an, an area where they can be open and upfront, and yet still re- um, remain anonymous inside the
0: app, which is another form of protection. That we have. Oh, so they they can remain anonymous inside. You don't have to share. They
1: don't. They don't. They don't share any personal information, so they can. In and they can create a screen name so that this way then they are not seen to the outside world by any personal identifiers, which we think helps them. We we ask them to provide a contact to us. However, we don't release any of that information, and no other users have access to that.
0: So you still have the protection um, on the inside for your accountability of you know bots and um, people with poor intentions, but. As users, you're completely anonymous and can share openly and freely without the pressure of somebody finding out like who and where and what about you. That's absolutely that's really smart. <laughs> um, so <You>
1: think
0: so? <laughs> yeah, no, I think it's I think it's uh, wonderful. Um, so on the business side, and I um, I would love to know as far as advertisers, like. Who who are your ideal clients? Who are your ideal advertisers for the app?
1: Sure. So Ryan, Robin and I are very committed to this idea that we don't want random ads. And this is where we're in the midst of this, where we'd love to see more um, advertising inside the app. So if people are listening and you know and are looking to advertise, we certainly welcome that. And you can you can contact us for sure at support at cookreefapp.com. But um, we really committed to the fact that our advertisements should be tailored to our users. So we want um, individuals that offer some type of support to our users, um, and that's um, through, you know, because some of our users are individuals that have been that may be dealing with death. It's like it's up and coming because they have a loved one that's in hospice care or might have been diagnosed with cancer or may also be um, have have Alzheimer's disease and where they've lost someone, but not lost them in the same way that we think. Yeah, they're, they're
0: of still living Um, They're just navigating through that. Sure.
1: Yeah. And so, and then we also have those individuals that have lost due to, um, you know, due to death from, and then, you know, uh, so I think that we're looking for, for advertisers that can provide support to that spectrum of users that we have. And so, you know, we've paired with a number of companies that offer counseling services or, um, memorial gifts or um some type of grief support structure so that's really where we're
0: at that makes a lot of sense Um, now how how are the users finding you
1: so we've had excellent feedback in terms of users i think that they're you know i would say that initially a lot of our um Our big media stories were ways that they found us. We were in Women's Day. We were on Fox News. We were on CNN,
0: HLN. You've had a a lot of great news coverage for sure.
1: And I think that spread a lot. And then we have a large amount of followers on all of our social media outlets. And I think they're spreading the word. So it's, yeah. I think it's just that, you know, people find out that there's something great about what it is that we're offering and people have found good support within it. And then it's they're referring friends and um, or there's another company out there that believes in what it is that we're doing and have done some of that advertising for us. Like the Luna network lists us, you know, as a group support unit. And, um, we've paired with Kate's club and we've paired with circles. And so, you know, some of that also is helping to spread the word for what it is that we're trying to do.
0: Are you ready to create a stunning website that showcases your brand and sets you apart from the competition? Let me introduce you to show it a powerful and intuitive website builder. That's perfect for creative entrepreneurs. Like you with show it, you can effortlessly build a beautifully designed website without any coding experience. Their easy-to-use drag and drop interface allows you to customize your site to your heart's content, ensuring that your online presence is as unique as your brand. As a thank you for being a dedicated listener of the Mastermind Mixer, we're offering you an exclusive deal. When you sign up for ShowIt using my referral code, Cassie Lane, you'll receive one free month. Don't miss out on this amazing opportunity to elevate your online presence and showcase your brand in the best light. Head to ShowIt and use the referral code Cassie Lane, K-A-S-S-I-E. L-A-Y-N-E to claim your free month and start building your dream website today. Have you tried or considered going like the medical route? Is that a, is that a hard industry to get into where you can get in? You know, I, I think of, I used to pre-entrepreneurship worked for LabCorp lab core and their sales department for like selling tests for labs and people came in and kind of pitched their tests that they wanted the doctors to provide is that anything that you guys could get into the, the two of you, where you could pass that on to people who are seeing the patients in their families? Is that is that an avenue you've explored?
1: So I think you know when you look at app development, you it happens in stages, right? What what services do you want to offer? Where you know where will that um, where will, will the integration of the various stages occur? And you know and what type of of growth do you want from that stage? So I think that we're not at that stage where we're offering medical support through our app yet. That's not to say that that's not one of our goals moving forward. So we're, you know, we're right now in the midst of uh, revamping our website um, because we do just like you said, you know, we want to, you want to continue to grow. So we're working on um, a GoFundMe campaign to help us to integrate our blog with our um our web page, which holds the app itself and the ability to download, as well as um, a email structure, so that we can, you know, account and do some newsletters and other things. And the biggest piece of the web page design really is going to be to increase our SEO. So I think that when you know. That will put us right at the top when people are doing, you know, brief searches for support, um, and that will also help us to now be seen by some of the people that you just referenced. You know, like the medical uh, staff that can, you know, advertise inside our app and then, you know, and, support and share just share your need. app
0: with their with their Clientel. clients, and yeah, things like that. Yeah, so. That makes a lot of sense. And I, I feel like everybody's answer in no matter the industry and in like the entrepreneurial world and business world in general, like SEO is key, right? <laughs> how, is, how has that been? Have you um, like, what's the projections for the website? What do you, what do you need? What's happening there?
1: So right now we're looking to just to raise, you know, some, you know, some funds in order to just get our SEO up a little bit higher. And I think that really what we're, we're trying to do is um, it's, this, we're global, so I think that makes it a little bit more tricky when you're trying to drive SEO, right? So if you're looking for SEO only in the U.S., it might be a little bit easier. But the fact that our platform is downloadable anywhere, um, it makes it a little bit um, tougher to get the SEO to pull up on, you know, someone that might yeah, be searching so much more in India. Yeah, sure. yeah. So that's what our goal is. Um, and then once we hit that goal, we're looking for you know it's uh, twenty five thousand dollars right now um, to hit that goal to be able to launch this uh, this new web page. And I think once we see that, which our goal is, hopefully we'll we'll get that by early fall. And um, once we, once we hit that, then we think we're going to see a gigantic shift in
0: terms of the massive quantities of users that we get. Got it. And. You, you mentioned, so it's a GoFundMe campaign right now? That's correct, yes. Um, what made you choose GoFundMe over the other platform options like Kickstarter and things like that? Would, was there something, a driving force behind that?
1: Um, I thought that we, we really tailored this for more of a friends and family support uh, system to get us up and running. Um, and then we think that uh, once this stage happens then we'll be looking for more angel investors to help us to get to the next level and I, again it goes back to the stages of what it is that we're trying to develop we think that once we have a very solid secure website uh, where there's a, a clear-cut landing page and our SEO is high we can then take it to the next level to ask for angel investors to visit our site to see all the all the services that we offer and then and help us to increase our employee employees that could support av- in app advertising and billing and all of these other things.
0: Right, and it makes sense. You know, it's kind of don't put the cart before the horse. Like, have this established situation that you can walk in and say, "Okay, here's what it is." You don't have to think about what it's going to be because it's ready and it's. And I love the the tie in. You know what you mentioned earlier that you know. This is personal for you. This is something you're personally invested in. And I do think GoFundMe is also an avenue of personal. Like it's the people get connections with that. So that I think that that looking at it now and the way that you've explained it, I'm like, oh, that yeah, that's right on brand with where they should be. (laughs) Um, so I I think it's really, really cool. Um, I would tell me more, and I I don't want to get into the weeds of it, but I'm very intrigued by your background and Um, the position you hold now and how you balance what seems to be, from an outsider's perspective, a very full plate and manage this app and and push forward with both. So tell us a little bit about what you do um, in your day job and how you balance the two.
1: Sure. So I am a curriculum associate for science and technology at a school district here on Long Island by day. That is a you know, seven to five job, basically, that um, requires an enormous amount of, you know, it's um, putting out fires on a daily and then you know <laughs> planning ahead and supporting educators um, in the process of driving curriculum. And, um... I'm also a single mom of two boys, which I probably should have said first because they're my first <laughs> and foremost. Uh, and that means that I do a lot of uh, driving and dropping off. I feel like I'm a glorified Uber at times. <laughs> I I feel that I have a different.
0: two-year-old and a six-year-old, and it's we're in the thick of it all the time. <laughs> I am not a single mom, but my husband's in the military and is gone all the time, so I. Sometimes I feel like a single mom in some, yeah. some respects. Yeah, there's no
1: divide and conquer. So, <laughs> no, I mean, you know, it's, that's, that's, the, yeah. that's the thing. And, and Robin is in the same boat, which wow. I think helps us to balance what it is that our tasks are. When we meet, we talk a little bit about, you know, she, she uses the term bandwidth. She's like, I don't have the bandwidth for, or I do have the bandwidth to, you know, and, and we use that in terms of what, what are we going to pile on each other's plates? And we respect when someone may be navigating a lot in their home and or work life, and we pick up uh, the slack for someone else. And I think that there's this just mutual respect that we're both, you know, we're in it and uh, we're doing the best that we can. And... So after I leave my day job, I think that I've learned that there are a certain number of hours that I dedicate to my family and my boys and their needs. And then when things quiet in my house, which seems to be later and later these days, (laughs) that's when I kick on my laptop And or log into the app and start to manage the needs. I have dedicated hours on Saturdays and Sundays that I devote to all the needs of the app as well. And then I am so grateful for Buffer. I don't know if you've ever used it, but it is like fantastic. No, tell me about it. I I just, it's, it has saved me so many times because Buffer allows me to load all of our social media posts for an extended period of time. And I, um, because of that, I can program well ahead of time. So you're scheduling,
0: it's your, it's what you schedule your social media. I use a similar app. It's called Planoly. Um, but it's similar in that regard where you can schedule everything out. Um, so you, you you live and breathe by that?
1: <laughs> it is. It, it's really uh, the fact that I can just set it and let it go for the week and know that everything is going out and the time frames that I want it to really, really helps me for planning purposes and just execution.
0: Yeah, so tell me, um, how do you split the tasks between you and Robin? Like who, who's in charge of what? So Robin is the
1: the ultimate in terms of communication. She <laughs> loves to communicate with her. She has a sheer talent for it and she does all the reaching that we need for our business and I am so grateful. She's also a writer by trade, so um she proofreads all of the things that come out of, you know, the app in terms of, you know, advertising and um You know, there's just so many things that she can offer in terms of um, what our needs are. And I am the behind the scenes more... um, the person that does all the billing and posts all the social media and, you know, I handle all the tech concerns and issues that might happen. And, you know, I do all that communication and, you know, I, I do handle all the pop-up ads and the time frames. and she doesn't like to do those things. So this is where I had referred earlier that we just compliment. You all really are like the, the
0: best match. <laughs> like, it <laughs> really is. It's like Absolutely. a business. There might be like a business um, partner app tied up in this somewhere where you guys can match each other somehow. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. Um, So you mentioned your boys. Tell me, like, what does your, what does your day look like with, I, we talked a little bit about the balance, but so are you like for myself, I'm, I would rather stay up until five o'clock in the morning than wake up at five o'clock in the morning. So Um, do you, are you, do you exercise in the morning? Like what gets you going? How do you get through all of it?
1: Sure. So, I am cursed by being a late night person and an early riser.
0: Oh so wait, you're both.
1: Yes, which is a curse in itself. It It sounds like it, to be honest. (laughs) (laughs) So I get up at 4.15. I hit the gym by five. I am grateful to Orange Theory Fitness in Melville because they really have made a difference in my life. I think that they've helped me to maintain that balance that we think about that, you know, that stress relief that you need on a daily to be able to be successful in all the things that you do. And so that's where I can just let it go. And I have an hour where someone tells me exactly what it is that I need to do in the gym and how hard to work. Um, yeah. Which when, when you make when you call all the shots all throughout your day, like just having that alone. Yeah, is... like somebody boss you
0: around for like an hour. Like it's really fulfilling. Exactly.
1: Yeah. It's like I don't have to think. Great. Sounds good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then... I typically come home, and I probably my children would describe me as a drill sergeant. Um, it is like, let's get up; <laughs> teeth need to be brushed. <laughs> Wheel, wheels, are up in the. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's funny. It's one of those, um, and you know, it's it's almost it's timed so well that if someone got in my way at any given point, I would be late. <laughs>
0: So <laughs> yes, I I feel that. <laughs> I feel that as well.
1: Yeah. So, so, so that, and then, you, you and get the boys by 7. And
0: then you're yeah, at work So by seven. Um, okay.
1: I'm divorced, so my children when they're with me, they go to school about 20 minutes away, so I drop them off on my way to work. Um, and, uh, in the afternoon, I'm lucky because they'll take the bus to my ex-husband's house. And then that makes my life a little bit easier. I'll swing by and pick them up whenever my work, my day job actually ends. And then it's, which field are they on? Who, where am I picking up? Who, you know, who's playing a game? Who's not. And, you know, it's trying to figure out all of those, the logistics of, of two boys that are very active in their schedules. Yeah. And, but, you know, we're, we're pretty regular. We have a nice, you know, routine for, for meals and, you know, a nice time where we, we share, you know, what went on in each other's day. And then it's, you know, homework time and, and, and bed. And that's when, you know, the, the
0: laptop, that's when the app comes, on. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> so, okay, so you're a night out. So how late are you staying up before you have to get that 415 alarm goes off?
1: So this summer, I have really worked very hard at trying to back up my sleeping time to like 10, 30, 11. But um, during the school year, once it's really in full swing, uh, it tends to be I go to bed around 1230. So I, oh um, I've i decided that I just don't need a large amount of sleep. I was going to say, should, like you're, you're
0: high functioning with very little sleep.
1: <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So I think like at any given point... Um, you know, I'll I'll submit myself to a sleep study. You know, if
0: <laughs> yeah, like, study my brain, I'm very high functioning
1: scientific anomaly
0: right here. I don't know. Go figure. <laughs> and you're like, look no further. I'm right here. <laughs> exactly. <Yeah. laughs> um, so uh, with okay, so you're working at the Abbott at night. Robin, I assume, has very similar schedules and things like that. Um, how? in the annual projections, like when are you looking to be able, you said by this fall, you, you want the um, the GoFundMe to be fulfilled and the website to be moving forward. It was is, Did I hear that right? Early fall. Yes. Yeah. So, okay. So by the end of this year, you guys are full steam ahead and you should be, you should be good to go. And what happens after that?
1: I think at that point, that's when we really start to look at angel investors. Um, we, we know that to, you know to make it in the app world, we need to take it to the next level. Um, you know, and we know that you know to get to really start to you know increase our revenue, we needed to be able to procure more um, advertisements inside the app. And that is going to take an enormous amount of time, and so that will really require hiring an individual that is fully dedicated to um, that process, and you know, doing those reaches because both Robin and I have a full time job. Like right sure. now, I'm talking to you on my lunch hour, you know. <laughs> so <laughs> you know what I mean? It's it's that constant juggle, um, and so we're just trying to make sure that we can start to put more employees into play to support the the needs of the app and the growth.
0: So with that said, when you, when you talk about, you know, the things that you know about the app industry and things like that, have you, is this a self-taught, um, knowledge or is the, have you hired somebody? How do you know about the app industry?
1: This is all self-taught. So, you know, we've had, I will say Robin is fantastic. I've said it, you know, multiple times in in this conversation, her research, right? So she's done all of that legwork to put us in contact with individuals that have, you know, done some things. Um, I will say Winona Partners, who developed our app from the very start, has also given us um, some tips and pointers along the way to help us to be the most successful, um, because they were the ones that developed our app with us. Um, And so that has has really has, you know, their tips and pointers paired with the research that Robin has done in the context that we have, you know, that reaching and, and those open conversations about really what it takes to be successful in this market, you know, have certainly helped us along the way.
0: I think that that's so incredible. It sounds like Robin's research is what every business partner would want in their, in their partner, is <laughs> someone who can just mm-hmm. nail that and really set them because that's, you know, to me, that's just ground level. Like when you when you have that level of capabilities and ability to just research something and know the answers and being confident in those, I think that that's such a strong asset. you you guys are, you guys are great. I like I want a Robin and I want a Kim. Like we're. <laughs> <laughs> Um, okay, so I I, will, I know you're on your lunch break, so I won't keep you for much longer. Um, but I wanted um, to just ask if you had any advice of somebody who's wanting to start an app, or um, if you have any questions that you want to throw back out to our audience. Like Now's the time and that's how we'll wrap up. Um, so any final words?
1: I think that if you're going into the world of app development and you really want to think about who your user is where your revenue should come from. I think that you want to be very flexible um, from launch to throughout the process because there are going to be modifications that are necessary along the way. I think that you want to you want to Determine which platforms it is that you want your app sitting. It was a big consideration that we had. Were we going to only sit in iOS? Were we going to only sit in Google Play? Were we going to be web based? And then how do those modifications and changes that you make in the app along the way, how do they fit into each of those platforms? So, for example, is it three proms? So you make a change inside the web base and it pushes out to the other two platforms, or is it that, um, you know, we that you are individually making those modifications to each of the platforms. And, and that's, a, that's a big choice and that will determine which app developer that you use. Um, I think you also wanna know what type of information that you will always want access to from your users. And that was something that we learned along the way. Oh, that's,
0: that's great advice. I really appreciate your time. Um, thank you so much. And um, I, I can't wait to see what, what comes of the, the Good Grief app.
1: Thank you so much. We really appreciate the opportunity to share and chat with you today. Yeah, have a great day.
0: You too. I love this conversation with Kim. As someone who has experienced a lot of loss and just been in a community that has felt grief and things like this, you know, the the app is so impactful and can make such a difference. I. The more I learned about it during our conversation, um, I, you know, I wanted to text it to all my friends and I wanted to, you know, let the world know about it. So I I hope that this is, is that moment. I hope that this is opening um, doors and opportunities for those that have experienced grief, or you may know somebody who could benefit from the app. Um, So if you've been inspired by Kim and Robin's story and you'd like to support their mission, their GoFundMe campaign is still live. And then alternatively, you can also make a donation straight through their website at goodgriefapp.com by clicking on the contact us and donate tab at the top. So those are two ways that you can support them. And then as we wrap up the episode, please don't forget to subscribe to the Mastermind Mixer on your favorite podcast platform so you never miss an episode. If you enjoyed our conversation, please consider leaving a review and sharing the podcast with your friends, family, and fellow entrepreneurs obviously your support just means the world to me. This is so exciting. And as a final toast to today's episode, remember, just like an old-fashioned, sometimes the most classic, simple, and authentic connections can lead to the most profound experiences. Cheers to that, and I'll see you next episode of the Mastermind Mixer.